obviously. Um, I'm a huge Caps fan. I always have been. And to be there at that game with my teammates and for us to bring, you know, our gold medals to to there and share it with everyone in this area was really, really special for me. And just the support and it's been tremendous from everyone in this area. And you could feel that there at that game. Welcome to Sports on the Hill podcast. Hashtag DC Sports Without the Politics with Carol and Robbie on True Radio Network. That's right. It's Monday night. Sports on the Hill podcast, True Radio Network, coming to you live from the lab. Another great episode talking Nats talking NBA, NHL, and whatever else we might get into tonight. Always bringing you the best coverage around. You get it nowhere else. Uh, it's been a rough day for me, so we're going to go ahead and get this show underway because it was a long day. If you tuned in last night, they had the bar radio. We had a wild show that went to almost past midnight. So, yeah, uh, I've been on the radio a lot the last two days. So, Robbie G., how you doing today? Good, sir. I am also very, very tired. I didn't get in until two o'clock in the morning. Long, lots of delays. The airline said that I was going to miss my flight. Turns out the flight I was on was the airplane for the next one. So I woke Zach up in a hurry to only to have to wait to then get back on that same airplane. Uh, so, you know, it was uh, a crazy day. At least uh, we got home. There were times where they're like, you've already missed your flight. I'm like, but we're already sitting on that airplane. So like, anyway, but I got home two in the morning. It all worked out. Went to work today. It sucked it up, but uh, uh, I'm happy to be doing uh, podcasting with you now. And the, the day is over and some really exciting stuff in the sports world. We'll talk about tonight. We'll talk about this Nats game, which unfortunately they just gave up a, a run, but uh, the Nats are, are looking really good in this game. It's actually the first Nats game I've been able to watch live in over a week since I was in Texas. And then uh, this cup final game, uh, Carroll said he turned it on for one moment and Tampa Bay scored right away. It was a beautiful goal. We'll break that down. Uh, and then how the teams got here into the cup final in the second half of this first hour. And then uh, we'll talk, we'll bring in the NBA round table uh, and uh uh, we'll have uh, Brian and the rest of the team come on and uh, we'll talk about the Eastern Conference Finals and the Western Conference Finals and uh, project a little ahead to uh, how we think that the NBA Finals will look. But yeah, lots of fun and exciting stuff. My trip was amazing to Texas. You and Brian and Arun crushed it last week. Uh, I was happy to see. I actually watched it and tuned in uh, from Texas. And uh, so thank you guys. Uh, so much for that. And um, tomorrow I'll be actually releasing a vlog video, music video uh, about my trip 
uh, on my uh, Facebook page and also my personal one and uh, on my YouTube channel. So check that out tomorrow around noon. Uh, but yeah, uh, Carol, how are you doing? And uh, what are your thoughts on so far the Nats have done this week? Doing pretty good. Uh, you know, out there in that sun trying to sell some cars, you know how it is. Uh, the Nationals, I'm definitely loving what I'm seeing from this team. Uh, we spoke last week when Brian was on about the addition of Gerardo Parra back to the team, and he helped create that spark back in 2019. And along with Kyle Schwarber and, and Parra, and uh, Josh Bell's been playing pretty well also, even starting Castro. They, they're starting to step up, starting to hit timely hitting. The pitching has been, you know, pretty stellar for the most part for the last week and a half. They've uh, the, the starters have been giving them at least a good six innings and the bullpen has been holding leads and the offense has been getting timely hitting. Uh, the series against the Phillies was a very interesting game too. We're going to break down. Well, it was an interesting series all in all. I know Brian uh, can't wait to talk about the uh, first game of that series. <clears throat> but I'm definitely uh, loving the Nets. Like I said, when in 2019, when they were 19 games under 500, I I still say this team is a quality team that can you know get things going in the right direction, and they still you know have injuries to uh, Strasburg and uh, you know one of their top pitchers, and they're still putting them together. We have some inconsistencies on the you know starting rotation with Ross and Lester, which I'm definitely going to talk about Lester because uh, yeah, I'm having some concerns about him and uh, quality of his innings that he's putting up and the hole that he's putting his team in when he's on the mound. But all in all, I mean, with the Schwarber addition and putting him at the leadoff spot, that I said last week, I didn't, I don't think anyone understood that, but uh, I guess once again, Davey uh, has proven his baseball knowledge and wisdom is far reaching and far beyond what we can grasp sometimes. Yeah, well, let's uh, let's bring Brian in, and you guys can break down some of the earlier games of the week, and then I can talk about this game more specifically because I've watched it. I, I uh, only got to see some of the stats and the other ones, so I'll just give my general thoughts after each series on that. But uh, how are you doing, Brian? I'm doing great, guys. How are you guys doing tonight? Hey, man, we doing great. Nats up five one. Trey at the plate, looking to go get the five hundred tonight. So uh, yeah, I'm feeling pretty good, man. Yeah, Robbie was saying you guys have hit four solo home runs tonight. Is that correct? Yeah, Schwarber has two. Nice. Uh, I just looked at it on the – they just showed it. I can't remember who that the other one is. Oh, Parra <laughs> has won his first uh, home run as a net this season. Right. I think I think the last one was Trey Turner. No, Trey. Yeah, Trey, man. That dude is ridiculous, man. He just got on base again. I mean, uh, I love that dude, man. Showstop is taken care of for a while with him in the lineup. Man, he, yeah. And Castro single to left and Gomes scored. That was the other, the fifth run that just happened uh, in the bottom of the sixth. So, yeah. I wasn't really a fan of Castro. But he's def- his hitting has definitely uh, been better than I expected. And him at third base has actually been better than I expected. He's playing, I think, second tonight. But he's normally at third. And he's been playing some good third base. I mean, I remember when we had Castro on the Yankees. I really liked Castro. I felt like he could do a lot of really good things. And when I saw that he signed with you guys, I thought that would be a good signing. And he is good at third base. When he played for us, he was mostly at second. But um, I, I've seen him at third for the Nats. And you're right, Carol. I think he plays a good third base. I think you're, you're pretty set on left side of your infield with Turner, obviously, and Castro now at third. 
Yeah, I still miss Rendon. I was actually watching the Yankees uh, Angels game. Uh, yeah, me too. Network. So uh, yeah, I, I was when I turned it on. Rendon got to the plate and hit a double as always. You know, <laughs> on two bags was his name, man. He's uh, still so good. He's still so good. Yeah, and I wish we could have kept him, but I'm looking at the guy that's going to be the next superstar. Juan Soto is at the plate right now. 0-1 count, one out, man on in the bottom of the seventh. And I'm going to go ahead and uh, get into the weekly recap while Soto goes to this. I'm going to predict the home run on this, and I'm going to see if that happens. <laughs> oh, I like that. All right. The uh, Nats, as I mentioned, are in second place in the National League East right now. They're at 37 and 38. Uh, they seven seven and three in their last ten games. Uh, they went four and two last week with a uh, lovely two-game sweep of the Phillies, and uh, I guess I can say a disappointing split with the Marlins. Even though we did speak about how the Marlins were playing some good ball, and uh, they blew out Chicago, who was one of the hottest teams in the league last week. So. We didn't want to sleep on them, but they ended up splitting, which I wasn't too happy about. Robbie, we have a development in this Nats game that's going on. Uh, it's a stolen base, um, right? Oh, yeah, because yeah, oh, yeah, he was trying to throw to first, and um, basically it went off the glove and went flying, and uh, Trey then stole second base. So it still counted as a stolen base. Even it's a, It's probably an error on the first baseman. It'd probably be an error because I think it's probably an error. So it doesn't count. It doesn't count as a stolen base. Then I I don't know if you get both. Gotta ask Brian now. So what what happened exactly? So like the the ball was thrown to the first baseman to try to tag him out, um, and he the, the ball deflected off the glove and went you know far away. So he had to run and go get it, and then Trey Turner ran to second base. That that sounds like an error actually on the so, either the first baseman or the pitcher. Yeah. Um, so it's not a stolen base. It's not a stolen base. Yeah. Uh, got it. Okay. An error. So, but he got to, but it's definitely due to Trey's speed, though. Uh, but even though it's not Absolutely. a stolen base. So yeah. Yep. Um, Trey. Yeah. Trey, Trey is sick on the bases, man. He's a quality player, 5 2 player, man. He does it all. He can do it all. I hope they lock him up soon for a long term deal because, uh, yeah, we got him out there. I, I, I have no worries about that infield. But yeah. um, let's go ahead and get into the matchups from last week. The two-game sweep of the Phillies. First game of the series, the Nats won 3-2. to two. Uh, Mad Max was on the mound. He won the game and put him at 6-4. and four. He went five innings, giving up two hits, one earned run with eight strikeouts and three walks. Uh, Zach Wheeler took the loss. That dropped him to 5-4. and four. He uh, lasted three innings, giving up six hits, three on runs with four strikeouts and one walk. Brad Hand earned the save his 16th of the season. He went one in the third innings, giving up three hits, no earned runs with a strikeout and a walk. I mean, no walks, I'm sorry. Um, Jan Gomes went two for four with two uh, RBI singles for both. Uh, and then Josh Bell went one for four with the RBI single to account for uh, all the runs. And the second game was a wild 13 to 12 win. But before we get there, because that, that game was so wild, I think we should break both of these down singles. I know Brian definitely wants to talk about <laughs> the first game of this series with, uh, you know, we they've implemented this substance, you know, for a pitcher. They feel like a pitcher has a substance on his hands or on his person that's helping him, you know, control the ball or, you know, 
sticky kind of, stuff is what they call stuff. it, Carol. Sticky, sticky stuff. <laughs> the, the technical term is sticky stuff. <laughs> and uh, he had been checked after the first inning. He had been checked after the second inning. And then after going, after watching the game, Girardi's excuse for having them to check him in the middle of the third inning after he just struck out one of his guys is because he said he has seen Max pitch so many times that he had never seen him rub his hands through his hair so much. So he felt like he had something, you know, in his hair that was helping him, you know, strike people out. So Mad Max was already upset the two times he had to do it. And then now you're interrupting his flow. And at the time, no one understood why all of a sudden he would do that. And then I'll let Brian finish the rest as I know he wants to go into it as a, as a uh, ex-Yankees manager because that was a very interesting. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, I always liked Girardi. Uh, obviously, he played for the Yankees and helped the Yankees win World Series. And then he was the manager of the 2009 team that also won the World Series. So I always liked Girardi. But this was, in my opinion, I felt he crossed the line, honestly, uh, in doing this. And um, – Scherzer, in my opinion, had every right to be pissed after you check him two times already, and he's completely clean. Why? He's they've what do you think you're going to possibly find the third time? And I don't, <laughs> I don't buy Girardi's excuse either that he wanted to. He thought Scherzer was rubbing his head too many times. It just seemed like to me he was trying to throw him off his game. It didn't work. We saw when Scherzer came off the mound, he visibly, with both colored eyes, stared right at Joe Girardi, gave him like a death stare. And that led to a whole other thing where the Nats bench was kind of yelling at the Phillies bench and yelling at Girardi. Kevin Long, who's the Nationals hitting coach, used to be Girardi's hitting coach when he was with the Yankees. Oh, and Kevin Long, yeah, Kevin, they worked together. They're, they're friends and former coworkers. And yeah. um, Kevin Long was yelling at Girardi and Girardi yelled back, you know, you want to go K long? You want to go? Like he was, he was, he was, they would sound like, I remember seeing it at the time and, you know, I hadn't really gotten all the information yet. So I kind of felt like it looked like Girardi was trying to fight Scherzer, honestly. Yeah. But that's, that, the, that's I, what we all thought at first, right? That's what we all thought, but it yeah. turns out it was Kevin long. Who's the nationals hitting coach now. <laughs> And um, it's crazy. This is stupid. I just want to make this clear. This is the dumbest thing ever. This whole crackdown on sticky stuff and just like a constant checking that's going on throughout baseball. It's not just Max Scherzer. Uh, Garrett Cole got checked three times in in his start that same day. Jacob DeGrom got checked. Like all these pitchers who are great pitchers are getting checked for sticky stuff constantly now. It is stupid. Major League Baseball needs to figure out a way to handle this and make it like Check it maybe one time, like before the game. And if, if the, I don't know why they need to check so many times, like I don't, what do you think you're going to find the second time or the third time that you don't find the first time? I don't know, but it was a crazy situation. Um, yeah, like I said, I like Girardi because of his time as a Yankee player and as the Yankee manager, but I am definitely on Max Scherzer's side on this one. I think it's completely ridiculous. And I'm also on Mike Rizzo's side, too, who had some really strong words for Girardi. I mean, Mike Rizzo called Joe Girardi a con artist. I mean, holy shit. <laughs> like, what? That's crazy. Like, I have such a strong statement from Mike Rizzo. So, um, <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, and I, Rizzo I doesn't make waves. He's very rarely in the news. Like I he's, know. Uh, yeah, he's so a like... quiet guy. And <laughs> right. this is like the craziest thing ever. I, it's, it's, I swear, but it's, 
I'm yeah. on Max's side, like like you guys. I, I think Max this is ridiculous. He has every right to be pissed, honestly. And um, Major was, League Baseball's got to handle all this. I was pissed when I saw this. This is the only thing I really saw about the Nationals last week, you know, because I was away. Yeah. And when I watched, you know, the confrontations go back and forth, and I agree. I thought it was going to be uh, – he was yelling at Max at first. I was like, that's ridiculous. But then John Boy Media, shout out to him, does a great yes. breakdown of this. And um, – Holy cow, he really wanted to fight, you know, his former bench guy, you know, so it's yeah. like, that's crazy to me, like, and like, I mean, I know he's trying to fire up his team, and I thought that that was actually going to work for them in the second game in that series, um, but it almost it, did, it almost <laughs> did, and that game was a crazy back and forth, so yeah, I'll, I'll let nuts. Carol give his final thoughts on this, and then we'll get into that game, because I, I can't believe we came back three different times, you know, that's, that's crazy. It just reminds you of the 2019 team that, you know, it was never, you know, too late in the game for them to get a rally going and find a way to win late in the game. So um, it was a classic Philly Nats game, you know, the, with the whole confrontation and thing. It was it was hilarious to me because, uh, like you said, after the second time, then you're going to actually interrupt the inning to do it. I was like, yeah, that's just too much. He's trying to. Know. My favorite. I just want to say my favorite part was when Max offered to take off his belt. And the umpires yeah, were like, no, no, no. You like, don't have to do that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right? I, and then other other pitchers started to do that move too later. And like, yes. and one of them actually did like start to drop. Sergio Romo. Yeah. Right. And from the A's. Yeah. Right. But it's just like, how do you get to that point where it's like you're driving and then they have to go through the sweaty hair when John Boy was talking about that. Like now yes. these poor umpires have to like go through the sweaty hair to try to figure out if he put a chemical in there. I that's mean, that's so dumb. just, oh. I mean, one thing I did see is that uh, I didn't even notice until I saw the stat the other day that there's been seven no hitters already, which is tied for the most ever in the season. So I'm guessing they're even thinking that the hitting isn't getting that bad or the or the pitching isn't that good. But didn't they change the balls though? I heard they did. They did. Why don't they blame that, not the like the pitchers? I don't. I don't don't know. know. Checking the Mets pitcher now as he's going off the (laughs) mat. It's so dumb. It's so dumb. Everybody's getting checked. It's not just Max Scherzer. I want to make this clear. It is not just Max Scherzer. It is every pitcher. Like the other day, I'll give you an example. Yesterday, Garrett Cole pitched terribly at Fenway. He gave up four (laughs) runs in the first inning. And they still checked him when he walked off the mound. And I was like, did you just see how he pitched? Do you really think he's cheating? Like, come on. And, so, and Brian, I, Brian, all this time, they, they're trying to increase the pace of play in this game. And I now know. you're going to add this to it? There's no way that this is – is... It's not going to last. It will not last. I'm telling you, they're going to find a better – they have to find a better way. This is, this is ridiculous. Things were going. Yeah, it's it's so dumb. And <laughs> all, all I can say is like I haven't seen too many umpires pull what Girardi pulled, where they're they're telling pit the umpires to go check a pitcher. I haven't seen too much of that. It just seems to be umpires checking pitchers. We actually did um, have somebody get caught yesterday for the Seattle Mariners, um, and he's currently facing a, tw- a ten game suspension without pay for uh, getting caught and um, they're currently exa- what the plan is is they're going to examine his glove he claims it's just rosin but they're examining his glove and if it comes back clean he'll his suspension will be dropped but he's the first person to get caught officially since they started checking um oh. no, nobody else has been caught 
So with the suspension, is it 10 games or 10 starts? 10 games. It's 10 games. See, that's the thing for a pitcher. That, that's why I'm really... That's like two games, games, basically. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's, what that's what I'm really trying to understand is how is this supposed to be a severe punishment when you only <laughs> miss two games without, you know, without pay. When you're a pitcher, you only pitch every five days. Yeah, exactly. It makes no sense. Yeah, this whole like thing it, is dumb. It's like it's all for show. That's all. Like, it doesn't make sense. I got to say, if it was 10 starts, but 10 games, that's, that's two starts for him. That ain't nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I don't get it, man. It's yeah, just two, so the bullpen dumb. shows up for two games, then for them, and they're fine. You know, like it's yeah. just, it's, or they the bring whole, in another starter. It's, right? It's how it yeah. Goes. Right? Yeah. It's just uh, it's so frustrating because I I just I I'm, I'm happy that more managers aren't doing this move yet, Brian. But if this rule's still allowed to go into the playoffs, you know that managers are going to use mind oh. games. You know, With, without a doubt. And, right. and that, that would suck. That would suck. If I agree. <laughs> it would be terrible. It would slow things down. And like like Robbie said, they're trying to speed up the game, but this is going to slow it down considerably. So, yeah, I don't know. They got to come up with a better way. There's got to be something better. Yeah. Oh, no doubt. All right, let's, uh, let's get, get into this. the game. Yeah, let's get into this historic 13-12 to 12 victory. And I say historic because for the first time in Major League history, both teams hit a grand slam and a three-run home run in the same game. They said that's never happened before. Wow, I didn't know. Hmm. I did not know that. Me neither. MLB Network, baby. I keep that, that on. Man. <laughs> nice. This game was a uh, uh, went back and forth. The the Phillies jumped out to a five nothing lead in uh, in the fourth. Then the next thing you know, the Nats put up five in the top of the fifth. Phillies answered with another. Four in the bottom of the fifth. Then the Nats said, "Hold up, you think it's going to be like that? Hold my beer." They put up six runs in the sixth inning to take a lead. Philly came back, took a lead, and then the Nats found the way in the top of the ninth to take the lead. And we're definitely going to break this game down. The uh, official winner of this game was Tanner Rainey. That puts him at one and two. He went two-thirds of an inning, giving up two hits, no one runs with a strikeout in the wall. Uh, Hector uh, Narvis, I think it is, uh, took the loss for the Phillies. I dropped him to one and four. He went an inning, giving up three hits, two earned runs with no strikeouts and no walks. And Paolo Espino, who earned his first major league victory last week, earned his first save of his MLB career. By going one inning, giving up no hits, no earned runs, with no strikeouts and no. Walk. He started tonight, actually. Oh, really? Started that? Yeah, he. he yeah, started. he pitched five good innings of shutout baseball. Nice, nice. Yeah, I didn't good for get, him. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to see the first uh, five innings, but that's good. Yeah, he's played in uh, you know, pivotal roles when Max got hurt when he pulled his groin. He came in in that situation. He's coming out of the bullpen, and now he's closed the game. So I mean. Hey, 34 years old, he's got it. I guess he has enough experience. He should be used to, you know, playing any type of role as a pitcher, being in the minor leagues for that long. But to be down 5 nothing, then to tie it, then to be down four more runs, then, you know, to take the lead with that six-run, six-inning, and then Philly storms all the way back. They take the lead in the eighth, and then Washington puts up two runs. And remember, this is in Philly. So, I mean, that's the end right there, right? The, the buzzer. And then they're able to shut it down um, and get, as you said, get the save. 
and he's been playing well both in starting pitching and in save situations. So he's been a huge. It's just it seems like we're making all the right moves, switching the the lead off. Um, you know, being able to get some pitchers in there that are starting to actually show uh, what they could do, and it's just been a really impressive turnaround this last couple of weeks. Definitely, uh, Josh Bell went two for four. He's starting to getting uh, you know get his swing back. He went through a little slump. He went two for four with the Grand Slam. Uh, Kyle Schwarber, who's been, you know, ridiculous, you know, tying major league records and such. He went one for four with a three-run home run. And Starling Castro, who we just spoke about, went three for four with three RBIs. So uh, they're getting contributions from all over the lineup and when needed and in timely hitting, good defense and, you know, above average pitching to get you far. And uh, with this climb back into the division race and getting in the second and one game under 500 when they were, I believe, uh, when we started about eight or nine games under 500 and folks were concerned and there was talk about, you know, trading Max at the trade deadline and all this and that. And, you know, I got to mention it, Ron, we talked about it the other day. Scott Boros, Max's agent, is going to have the nerve to come out and say, if uh, Max will not trade, is what no will not waive his no trade clause if he doesn't get an extension, you know, as part of the deal. And we all know, especially with the Nets playing better now, the Nets aren't trading Max year. So that's, that's just ridiculous. Robbie, did you see that tweet that came out? And how do you feel about that agent uh, trying to stir the pot, I guess? I didn't actually see that tweet. So um, that this is news to me. This is why we do the show. I, I learn stuff every time. So um, that's interesting, though. I don't particularly like it when agents tweet. But, um, you know, in general, it's rarely good for our team. Um, and uh, but I mean, I'm I'm happy he's not going to leave. I mean, I really want Max to be the guy going you know, forward. I mean, I want him to retire a national. Uh, so, I mean, whatever it takes to make that happen, I guess. Yeah. Uh, fortunately, the Mets have just hit a two-run home run to climb a little bit closer in the game. Is now 5-3, top of the eighth, no outs. Oh, isn't that the guy we hit with a pitch earlier in the game? Interesting. No, nah, uh, it was a, a start. His last name started with a D. This is Alonzo. Was it Pete? Is it Pete Alonzo, Brian? Yeah, yeah. it's Pete Alonzo. Yeah, he, he, then he had that. That's the guy that had that great rookie season and hit with like 40 home runs or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he got us for another one. But, uh, you know, it's top of the eighth. Nats, uh, I still feel, you know, this game is still under control because, you know, Brad Hand has been pitching better long as he isn't going against the other New York team. You know, he's been doing pretty well closing the games out. So we can, uh, you know. Well, Arun, Arun showed up, so I wanted to ask him, do you have any thoughts on this historic uh, uh, game or uh, the series? Yeah, it was like the first time in MLB, MLB history that there were two Grand Slam Grand Slam hit by each team and a three-run home run hit by each team. So that was pretty cool. And yeah, I tuned I... in at the end when the Phillies took the lead. And I thought, I, did, I was like, oh, the Nats are going to lose. And then Castro with the huge hit and put the Nats up, as Carol pointed out. And this probably was the win of the season. And it reminded everyone of the, like, come back like in 2019 when they went on to win the world series like one of those games right real quickly i got a scoring update i'm sorry i got my friend um uh, sill um 
uh, who's in uh, Twitch chat uh, right now, who's a big Montreal fan, and unfortunately, uh, a bad play down the, the side and a nice shot through a lot of traffic. I don't know if it touched the guy in front, uh, but it's a good play uh, set up originally by Kucherov, but then put in by Coleman. Uh, I don't think it touched the guy in front, but uh, so now Tampa Bay is up 2 nothing in game one of the Stanley Cup. Yeah, I'm sorry, Carol. We're, we're rooting for Montreal. We're, we're rooting for you, so. Uh, so I hope they can come back. 14-04 left in the second. So uh, if, if Montreal does score in this game, you'll hear the goal horn go off. So it's, uh, it's set to that right now. Uh, so I'm pulling for the Habs, but, uh, but yeah, it's, it's a crazy historic game, uh, for sure. As Arun was mentioning. All right. Well, Carol, let's get into the next series real fast. And we have four games. Gotten his, uh, split with the Marlins. Uh, yeah. the first game was the 73 win by the Nets. Uh, uh, Joe Ross earned the victory that puts him at four and seven. He went seven innings, giving up four hits, no earned runs with eight strikeouts with two walks. Uh, Cody Poteet took the loss that dropped into two and three. He went three in his giving up six hits, five runs with six strikeouts and four walks. Uh, Schwarber stayed hot again, going two for four with a solo home run and a three run home run. And Juan Soto went two for five with two uh, RBI doubles to help contribute to this seven to three win. Uh, the second game of the series was an 11 to two loss. This one was ugly. I saw uh, the beginning of this game. I thought the Nats were going to be able to bounce back, but uh, it just wasn't a, the Nats night. Uh, Pablo Lopez earned a victory. That put him at 4-4. Four and four. He uh, went six innings, giving him six hits, two earned runs with nine strikeouts and one walk. Uh, looks oh, like no. That's a solo shot. Brings him within one. Uh, this Miller, I haven't liked this Miller guy since I've seen him come in. He hasn't really impressed me. I'm not even sure who he is. But they need to get him out of there. Where's Finnegan? Finnegan been killing him when he's going there. Where's Hudson? Come on, Dave. You get somebody woman. I don't like this. Yeah, this is getting too close for comfort. It makes it for exciting uh, baseball talk, but uh, I was hoping that we would just uh, be able to... We had to uh, the one lead. Yeah, exactly. Um, oof. Oh, boy. All right, uh, let's get back to this. <laughs> get back to the recap. This uh, game is taking a quick turn to the bad side. Uh, John Lester earned the, earned the loss because he only lasted two and a third, giving up five hits, seven earned runs, and one strikeout and three walks. Uh, Schwarber once again went three for four with the solo home run, and Ryan Zimmerman went one for four with the RBI single. Luckily, that was <laughs> that was foul, but it was almost another one. Oh, I just why, saw that. That's why I had to look at this. Why, why? Why is he still in this game? Who's warming up in the bullpen? Fake a cramp. Holy <laughs> crap! That was just feet away from being fair. That was yikes. Uh, yeah, Lester uh, Zimmerman <laughs> one for four with RBI single. Uh, the third game of the series was a three-two loss. Uh, Zach Thomas earned the victory for the Mets, going two and that put him at two and two. He went six innings, giving him four hits, two more runs with 11 strikeouts and two walks. Patrick Corbin took the loss. That dropped him to five and six. He uh, went six innings, giving him five hits, three more runs with six strikeouts and one walk. And Yimi Garcia earned the save. That's his 12th. He went in one inning, giving him one hit, no more runs with two strikeouts. 
Juan Soto went one for four with the RBI double, and Castro went one for three with the RBI double to account for both the Nats runs. And the rubber match of the series, the Nats won five to one with Mad Max on the mound. Uh, that puts him at seven and four on the season. He uh, went six innings, giving him five hits, one earned run with seven strikeouts and two walks. Uh, Sandy Al Alcantara took the loss, dropped him to four and seven. He went five and a third, giving up six hits, five runs, four of those earned with three strikeouts and three walks. Uh, Trey Turner went one for four with a two-run home one home run. Josh Bell went two, uh, one for four with a two-run home run. And Josh Harrison had an RBI single, and he went two for four that game. So they earned a uh, split with the Marlins, who I would have liked for them to take at least three out of four. But, you know, split, four and two week, you can't complain about that. Uh, Room, did you get a chance to check out this four-game series with the Marlins, and what did you think about it? Yeah, another leadoff homer for Schwarber. And um, Soriano's the leader of that stat with 13 leadoff home runs, and but he did in 131 games. And Schwarber um, has, at least in the beginning of the series, he had five in only 13 games. So he might be the franchise leader in leadoff home runs pretty soon. Well, actually, and Trey broke that record. I, I thought think. Trey broke it. That's why yeah, I I'm, broke that record last no, lead off, lead off in like like the begin the game. Oh, do you like mean in a season bat. or a career? Like for season or like the whole Nats career? For the Nats, for Nats, um, for, for season. Okay. Or, yeah. So yeah. that's a start off of the game home runs we're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Versus like Carol, the stat you're looking at is ones where he's just at the top of the lineup. Let's take that beef up with him, I guess. Then there, 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 I think there are two stats. There's one where it's like how many home runs to start a game. Because also more. Soriano had 50 home runs. That's what I was thinking too. Because Soriano had like 45 homers that that season, but it's just to start off the game. Oh, interesting. And yeah, uh, Denny threw out the first pitch on Thursday night. That was pretty cool. And um, yeah, Ross he pitched. Um, He's been disappointed this season. As you mentioned, he's only four and seven, but it's good that he came out for the win. Um, Lester got rocked later in this series. And yeah, it was kind of weird that the Nets swept the Phillies and split with the Marlins. But the Marlins, when they win, they win by a lot. They've actually outscored their opponents this year, meaning even though they're below 500, meaning when they win, they win big. And when they lose, they lose close. So. Um, it's unfortunate that the Nats couldn't get more than two against not a particularly good Marlins team. Well, uh, Schwarber set the Nats record for most home runs in a month with his sixth leadoff one. So that was, uh, uh, so that's pretty cool. That, that's a, that's a live stat right now, I think now, or is that, or no, is it yesterday? No, or it's was... a, must be a new stat now. Cause yeah. yeah. That was probably from last week whenever that yeah. stat was. Interesting. Yeah, it's crazy. He's just hitting so many. It's hard to keep track of all of them. Yeah. Carol, right. you, you came up with a stat, right, that you were telling me earlier um, about how many he had. Uh, you had one, right? Didn't you tell me offline a, a crazy stat that he had? Which stat? Oh, uh, yeah, the he short. had 11 uh, home runs in nine games, which ties a major league record. But I'm, I'm, looking, at the, I'm looking at the Trey Turner uh, 
leadoff homers, and you were saying the difference between leading off a game, and it was August 12th of 2020, says that, uh, there go. he said that Trey Turner has the number 10 leadoff homers, breaking the Washington Nationals record, as home the previous record holder was Alfonso Soriano, who had nine during his career at, with the Nets. So it is, but it was 10. Soriano had nine, I guess it was the lead off the game. And Trey did break that record when he hit his 10th. And I think he said a couple of more this season. So yeah, just wanted yeah. to make sure I wouldn't trip. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> All right, so, um, but yeah, I mean, that's still pretty impressive. And how many lead off ones does he have this year? Is he? Lead off, what is it? Is it isn't it uh, leading off a game like yeah, the first batter of the game? Yeah, that yeah. was. I think he's got like what six or seven of the lead off. The yeah. Game. Wow. So and we're only halfway through the season. So you know, yeah, that, not even. And lead. he's only been leading off for a very <laughs> short period of time too, which is also really impressive. He hasn't been leading off the whole season. Yeah, it hasn't even been twenty games, has it? Yeah, it's been a very short amount of time. Yeah, it, it, I, we, like we talked about last week, I didn't. I didn't understand him going to the off because for one, you got Trey Turner, who's one of the top leadoff hitters in the league. And then I never would would have thought to put Schwarber at the leadoff spot, especially with the way his season started off and the, you know, little slump that he was in and, you know, not getting the home runs. You know, he had a couple of nice walk-off home runs, you know, to end some games early in the season, but he was, you know, wasn't hit seeing the ball real well. It really wasn't, you know, getting a lot of contact. And the fact that he decided to put him at the top of the lineup I know I was scratching my head, but once again, like I said, I can't question. But if he hits, then it puts so much pressure on the opposing team because then you've got him and you've got Trey Turner towards the top and you got Juan Soto. And, you know, it's just there's so many issues that teams are going to have to face with speed and bat strength. Uh, It seems to be a, a pretty lethal combination, at least right now. Yeah, definitely, definitely. He's he's locked in and he's a. Yeah, he's he's doing historic things. Room, what do you say about Schwarber and him at the leadoff spot? Yeah, he had a couple clutch hits early on in the season, like a uh, couple game winners. So he showed he could take it deep. I definitely did not expect him to be this prolific going forward. And somebody made a joke online saying, for the Washington football team, name could be the Washington Schwarbers. <laughs> so that would be pretty funny but um yeah Soto was talking after the game he said like when they beat the Marlins the second time that the whole locker room was in a good mood and they really like um Para coming back and they call him baby shark there like in the dugout so that was pretty cool but um yeah so overall it's nice that the Nets are playing better baseball even though they lost their last two games coming into this one Indeed. Yeah, we're going to see how things go. They brought in Brad Hand, who has gotten a couple of four-out saves to uh, try to get out of this inning to see if the Nats can add some more runs in the bottom of the inning. But uh, he's in there as a 2-1 count, two outs. Uh, let's see what he's going to do. Oh, Carey Price just made a, a miraculous save right there. Um, nice recovery to get back to his feet. Uh, eight minutes left in the uh, second period here in this live game one of the Stanley Cup. Tampa Bay still up two, nothing in that one. Uh, we're watching both those games here live, which is fun. And uh, we'll, t- we'll watch some basketball in a little bit uh, with people in hour two, if people want to stay tuned uh, for that. But hopefully the Nationals find a way uh, to shut the door here. Two balls and two strikes, two outs. 
right, come on, Brad, let's get out of this in and go ahead and talk about the upcoming schedule and getting some NHL talk and recap, recap the conference finals and talk about the Family Cup finals. Indeed. All right. Well, you had him on that one. Like I said, yeah. I don't understand. Robbie, what do you think about me and Brian talked about it last week? What do you think about them having Brad Hand as the closer instead of Hudson, who, you know, was the top closer for this team and, you know, closed out the game seven of the World Series for this team? Now he's, uh, you know, they didn't even use him as a setup man tonight, but now that they bought in Brad Hand with that hefty contract as the. Uh, I think the reality is you're going to have to use multiple people as your final guy throughout the season. I mean, think about in 2019, I don't think we had a set closer real early on. I mean, we kind of went back and forth between a couple of, of uh, different pitchers throughout even the playoffs there, you know? And so there'll be times where I think they'll, he'll go back into the closing role and hand will step away. From, I just don't think I'd be shocked. The season is very long when you have a full season. Uh, now some teams have designated closers. I know that uh, the Yankees always seem to have that, uh, but uh, at least in 2019, the Nationals kind of flip-flopped their closers throughout yeah. the season. Yeah, that's why I never understood why they didn't re-sign Doolittle. And that's what yeah. I'm saying. Doolittle re-signed him in this contract from what Brian told me. Uh, Brad Hands, like, a, what, a $10 million contract or whatever? They should have just, I feel like they should have just left. I think it's even more than that. That was a filthy pitch. I thought it was going to be a ball, but it, it snuck in there. Um, that, that was nice. That I'll be nice. 5-4 lead. For the next, going to the bottom of the inning, hopefully they add an insurance runner too. That would be nice. Otherwise, it's going to be uh, here with Brad Hand on the mound. I'm sorry. It's going to be big yikes. Uh, I've got the upcoming schedule. If you want me to go through that real fast, and then we'll get you guys break down. Do that and get into some hockey talk after that. So it's very fitting that we're watching Tampa Bay because we're playing Tampa Bay. Um, so there's Tuesday 7:05 game. Wednesday, 4.05 game, and that ends our June schedule. Uh, and then on uh, July 1st, on Thursday, they start a series against the Dodgers in Washington. Um, the, uh, the Tampa Bay series is also in Washington. They're in the midst of a homestand right now. Uh, and then, so the Dodgers, 7.05 on Thursday, 7.05 Friday, 7.15 on Saturday, and then 11 oh five on sunday fourth of july oh uh, okay that makes more sense it still seems really early for a baseball game but yeah that's, that's I, how I, it's always been in dc since the nationals came back fourth of july game is on the fourth is that 11 o'clock yeah they always got the red white and blue jerseys on i gotta give me one of those they're yeah. sweet yeah carol's right those are awesome that is cool all right well that's cool um yeah, I'll be uh, out of town for that, but uh, that that's a really that's a cool game. I, some year I got to go to that one. That sounds interesting. Um, um, all right, Carol, I'll let you give your uh, thoughts on uh, Tampa Bay and LA, and then we'll get Brian's thoughts since I know that he sees a lot of Tampa Bay. Uh, the Rays, I believe, we uh, split with them earlier in the season when we played them, and they were, uh, I think, it was a two game series, and uh, they split it with them then. Uh, Brian was telling us how good Tampa was playing at the time. I came with here. I be playing now, and you already know how I feel about the Dodgers. Uh, I would love for the Nats to sweep them, but uh, the Dodgers got a good squad. They playing good ball. They out there battling with San Diego in the West. So uh, you know, I take another four and two week. Yeah, um, 
I would as well. All right, uh, Brian, uh, what is your how – how is Tampa Bay – what's the state of the Rays? They're, they're still in first place. They're still a really good team. Uh, not much has changed. Uh, well, actually, one thing has changed, which hurts them a lot. Uh, Tyler Glass now, who we were actually talking about the last time the Nationals played the Rays, is actually um, suffered a really bad injury, suffered a UCL injury. They don't know how long he's going to be out for. That's a huge loss for the Rays, but they're still in first place. They're still a really good team. They took two out of three from the team. The Yankees are playing right now this weekend, the Angels. Um, and I expect I expect a split probably of this series because the Nationals, I think, are playing good ball right now. Um, but I, I, Tampa Bay is still a good team. I know they got swept by the Mariners last weekend. They were struggling for a little bit. At one point, they had lost seven games in a row. But they uh, picked it up. They won the last two games of the Red Sox series last week. And then they uh, followed that up by winning two out of three against the Angels this weekend. So they are playing better after a, a rough stretch, a rough losing streak. And uh, they're a good team. Yeah. Arun, any thoughts on Tampa Bay? Yeah, the Red Sox are in first place by half oh, game. Well, thanks for reminding me, Arun. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, and you were saying where's Finnegan? He's on the DL. Carol, I forgot to mention that. Um, he's on the 10-day DL. He'll be back in, like, July 1st or something like that. Um, and, yeah, the, the Rays, they took their – they've won four of their past five games. A couple, as Brian mentioned, against the Angels – um, I forgot that um, that the former Nats catchers, their Suzuki with the Angels, is pretty funny. That like people were like, I think they were making fun of the Angels for putting Otani and Suzuki together because they're both Asian, even though Suzuki's Asian American. <laughs> Interesting. So, um, yeah, the Tampa Bay, they're like fourth or fifth best in run differential, which could be tough, but if I think the Nats are playing better, so hopefully they can take a couple from the Rays. Yeah. God, there was a bad, uh, like, missed hit in that Tampa Bay game, and the guy, like, spun away from it and went flying. Um, all right, so the Nats are back up to um, bat. Uh, a 100-mile-per-hour fastball way outside. Uh, so they're holding on to a one-run lead here in the bottom of the eighth. Um, oh, I, I forgot to ask Arun – or Brian, uh, about their thoughts on L.A. I'll start with Arun. What are your thoughts on playing the Dodgers? L.A. is always going to be tough, like, defending champs. And the Nats have a good rivalry with them. Like, they each have eliminated each other from the playoffs. So should be fun, um, a fun series. Brian, what are your thoughts on them? Uh, yeah, it should be a good series. I'm going to the game on Saturday, so I'm really excited about that. Um, I, I, the Dodgers are always really good. And this is the first time they've come to Nats park since the 2019 playoffs. Um, the West has been a really tough division this year. The, neither the Dodgers or the Padres are in first place right now. Actually, the, the San Francisco giants are, uh, they, um, were the, the first team to 50 wins this season. They're off to a great start. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how the rest of that division goes, but yeah, um, Sounds like Montreal just scored. Is it a one? Yeah, but it, one has, now? it hasn't happened yet, though. So I'm very confused by the goal horn. <laughs> Sometimes the goal horn lies and it does it for the other team, and Tampa Bay has it right now. Now I think it just lied. 
That's it, weird. It's, it, is hap- it has happened once or twice before. One time it happened where the other team scored, and that really pissed me <laughs> off. Because I'm like, it was only set to go for the Capitals. And I was like, are you, yeah, are you fucking kidding me? Uh, when, when, when that happened. Um, it's one job, Goldhorn. Yeah, and now we're like way far into it. So I don't think it's happened. So that's just odd. Threw me off for a minute. So I was like, oh, I was going to be so excited uh, for my, our friend Syl. But anyway, uh, we got a batter on uh, base. Carol, how did that happen? Uh, I, I lost your hockey. Uh, Mets have a flamethrower out there throwing 100 mile per hour fastballs, but he has no control right now. Yeah, he's missing a lot, it seems. Right. Tim said the Canadian scored, but I don't know if he's trolling. <laughs> <laughs> Tim does like to troll, so it's very, it's all very possible. Very possible. I just feel like it would have happened by now. Um, it's just a really delayed by five minute goal, and I don't think it's going to happen. So. Oh, we just got another. Are you, are you watching on your fire stick? Because when I was at your place this week, I was watching hockey on the fire stick and it was super delayed. No, no, it's, a, it's on the box. Uh, um, anyway, 340 left in the, the second and what I think is still a 2 nothing game. Uh, but the, the Nats now have two base runners. Um, that was a really bad play. Uh, um, and had a Mets, we had a Mets play happen. Yeah, it's a bad play all around, though. Guy couldn't pick it up. Then it was a terrible throw. Then the guy didn't pick that up at first. And then they advanced to second and third. Yeah. Sounds like the Mets to me. Yeah, good old Mets that we all know and love. (laughs) Yeah, so that's helpful. Um, Anyway, but uh, (laughs) Benson saying, yay, not awful. Yeah, so, I mean, it's good. Maybe the Nats won't blow this. Um, all right, so um, I think we've covered all of the baseball, right? Um, other than this live thing, baseball, let's go ahead and get into this hockey talk so I know y'all can get into this uh, NBA. I wish I had more TVs uh, so I could watch what's going on in the NBA game. So I'll have to have the, the round table let me know. I thought the Nats game was going to be over before the NBA segment, but I, I had missed, uh, mistimed it, I guess. Um, so we're still on the bottom of the eighth. Uh, it's 5-4 uh, Nats, um, and there's three minutes left in this live Stanley Cup game between Tampa Bay and Montreal. And <laughs> my man, Ryan Zimmerman, pitch hit three. Oh, oh right. Zim. There you go. See, I had to just talk hockey, and boom. That's Mr. Na- Mr. National himself. So First pitch, low fastball, out the park. No oh, wait. fingernails. They got the three-run lead, the four-run lead back. I'm so confused. And Mr. Nashville himself has done it for the Nats. <laughs> That's the Oh, way. wow. My, okay, that explains it. My feed, my hockey feed was delayed. It was, I guess, paused at some point. All right, so <laughs> the, the uh, Montreal has scored, and uh, Ben Sherratt. So thank you, Sil, for answering that. Um, and I totally missed it because um, I anyway I was watching so much baseball I didn't even notice that the hockey was delayed so I'm I'm fast. That's what that I like now. to hear, Robbie. That's what I like to hear. I know, I know. Well, the Nats are sucking me in. It's a good game. That's um, what I like to hear. <laughs> but uh, congratulations, still on um, on the score of uh, making it uh, two to one, splitting that lead. Uh, I believe though uh, every game. 
that Tampa Bay has been up and scored first. They have won, I believe they are 12, or no, they're 12 and two, sorry. Uh, but all of their wins have come from when they scored first. Uh, so it's still going to be uh, difficult. Um, and we're now live and it's only 9.4 seconds left in the second period. Uh, all right, but how we got here. So uh, uh, Montreal won the West, which is a very strange thing, but they decided to give the Western trophy. Originally, they said they weren't going to give out the trophies because they thought it would be weird. And then at some point that changed, but they never even made news about it. So I don't understand. But then the trophies appeared at the championship ceremonies and they decided since the Western team Vegas was playing Montreal, that they would somehow get uh, the Western uh, trophy. And um, so Montreal was able to beat Vegas and, you know, Fleury played pretty well. He made some boneheaded plays in a couple of games Um you know, they went to Leitner uh, for a few games. I believe actually in the deciding game six, uh, they went to Leitner in that game. And um, and still say it's all good. It's the first time in history that they won the Clarence Campbell trophy. It's true. Uh, they've never been able to win that trophy before. So uh, one fun fact that I would mention that I saw, the winner between Toronto and Montreal, every time in NHL history that those two teams have played in the playoffs has won the cup. So whenever those two teams play each other, the winner wins the cup. So that's crazy. I had never known that before. I would have assumed that they would have played each other in years where neither had. So uh, still, maybe that's some uh, a good omen for you guys. I know a lot of uh, fans of hockey that aren't necessarily, as long as they're not a Tampa Bay fan, uh, a lot of people are, are picking the, the habitants, as they call them, the Habs, um, and uh, are running with them just because it's a fun story. It's a Cinderella story. Uh, Carey Price has always been uh, a great goalie and someone that a lot of people have looked up to. Um, but it, it's been some really uh, fun series uh, between uh, Vegas and the Habs, and I'm just happy that they were able to pull it off. They were actually, they entered the playoffs as the lowest seeded team uh, of the 16 teams that made the playoffs. And they were able to go from what many considered was one of the weaker divisions in the, the Northern division. You know, if people were ranking one through four, they thought, oh, there's a, there's less teams. And they thought that, uh, you know, sort of taking advantage of some of the weaker teams in that division gave the teams at the top of the division, these inflated point scores. But it's interesting that the team that was number four went on to beat the number one team and then went in the second round and then played the West, which a lot of people thought it was either the East or the West were the two best divisions in hockey. And neither team, neither division actually got a team in the finals, which I thought was interesting. So uh, Tampa Bay was able to play an incredible game in a game seven against the Islanders. I know a lot of us were pulling uh, for trots. I know that there's some people in Caps fan groups uh, that were, you know, mad about the whole situation with trots and rooting against them. But I know a lot of Caps fans that were rooting for them. I know Carol was, and that was a great series. That series went seven. Uh, and it was just like, it was a one nothing game in a game seven. So it was like one mistake. And that was the difference. Uh, and it, it sets up this incredible final with these two very hot goaltenders. And we always talk about defense and goaltending uh, being important in the playoffs. And um, 
uh, it's really coming true. And it's interesting to have a team get back to the finals. Uh, that hasn't happened in a long time. Um, and uh, so uh, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Tampa Bay is way over the salary cap, which I know really pisses a lot of people off. Uh, it's kind of bullshit that they're able to hide some players and not only hide some players, but some of the best players on their team as injured for the season. And then miraculously they get to play uh, game one of, um, you know, the, the playoffs and they're able to do well. But uh, Carol, what are your thoughts about the run up into the, the cup? Uh, it's been very interesting, you know, like you said, with the way the things broke down with the new uh, COVID protocol and the new uh, divisions or whatever. But uh, I wasn't, you know, pleased to see my man Trotsky put out. You know, I wanted to see him go to the end. Uh, Montreal, like we say all the time about playoff hockey, it's another season. It's a different beast. And you get out at the right time and start playing good, solid hockey and have solid goaltending and quality special teams. You never know how far you can go. And, you know, right now it's two to one in game one. You know, there's still time for them to tie the game and, you know, possibly win. So it's never over until the clock reaches triple zero. So it's going to be an interesting series. I haven't watched as close as, you know, I normally do with the Caps, but. I'm definitely going to try to stay tuned in and see what's going on so we can break it down going into next week. Yeah, that's crazy that uh, uh, there, there hasn't been a uh, cup winner uh, from north of the border since 93 when Montreal did it. I, I thought that the Flames had did it one time, but I guess they had not. So that was um, that was before. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, still was just saying that, that it's been that long since the early 90s since a Canadian team has won and, you know, they win gold medal all the time. Um, and, you know, it's their sport. It's just kind of shocking to me that like, um, that none of the teams up there have, uh, have come through. So uh, it's right now, it's a close game two one game going to go into the third. It's in the second intermission. Um, I don't know, Brian or Arun, did either one of you guys, have you guys watched any of uh, the playoffs? I know that you watch a bit of the Islanders, right, Brian? Yeah, I did. And uh, look, I, I'm a Rangers fan, but I have to say, you know, I kind of, I will say I did kind of bandwagon the Islanders a little bit this postseason, which I know a lot of people thought was a little weird, but you know what? I don't really care. because I, I just really like, like giving you crap. About I don't really it. like hockey that much, guys. It's just, it's just how it is now. I don't really care that much about hockey as much as I used to. So I don't really have a problem with it. I, it's 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 not that big of a deal to me. I, look, I, the Islanders earned my respect this postseason. They had a great run. And I was really impressed with how they bounced back. Uh, they got their asses kicked in game five. They got destroyed, eight nothing. And then they won game six. They were down two nothing in that game. Game six, to win game six in overtime and to close out Nassau Coliseum like that, I thought was awesome. Uh, and then, you, like you said, Robbie, just one bad break in game seven and a one nothing loss. It's tough for them, but they had a great run and they should be absolutely proud of what they accomplished this season and Barry Trotz and Lou Lamorello are running a great team over there um and yeah as far as the west I didn't really see a ton of the western conference but um I I, I have to or I don't even know if you can call it the western conference because Montreal was in it but um whatever that was um I was surprised Montreal won I mean we talked about it on this podcast how it was going to go we thought you know Edmonton swept Winnipeg Winnipeg or Montreal swept Winnipeg and, and, or, and we, so forth. we thought it was going to be another sweep. 
But um, no, I was really impressed that Montreal won this series. And I have to say, I think, you know, I don't really care. I'm honestly not even watching this game right now. Uh, I, I, I don't know how much of the finals I'm actually going to watch because it just doesn't interest me that much. But if I had to pick a team I'm rooting for, I'd probably pick Montreal, honestly, just because I really like their underdog story. And Tampa Bay won it last. Tampa Bay's had enough sports success over the last year. They won the Super Bowl. They won the Stanley Cup. World, team got to the World Series. They've had enough sports success. Let's get the Stanley Cup back to Canada. Let's get Montreal their Stanley Cup. Yeah, I agree. Um, it's, you know, I, I definitely think that Tampa Bay won it last year. They don't necessarily need to win it again. And it's been an exciting, uh, it's been an exciting run to it. I don't know, Arun, have you checked out any of the hockey playoffs? Yeah, I checked out game seven. And yeah, that shorthanded goal was pretty surprising. I can't believe that decided the game. McDonough, he was great on the PK and, Overall, like uh, Trotz losing for the well, it was the third straight conference finals. He's played the Lightning. He beat them the first time, but the last two was not so lucky. And yeah, I remember the Canadians winning in '93 because that was the first year I started watching hockey. And they actually, the Canadians actually eliminated the Islanders that year in the second round. The Islanders eliminated the Caps that first season, and I remember that because Dale Hunter knocked out. Pierre Bergeon for the rest of the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was – that's still legendary. That that I've watched on YouTube even recently. That's a that's a crazy, crazy hit. Um, so one fun fact is last year the two Stanley Cup uh, finalists played in the same division the following year, and so they played each other eight times. And this year, you know, these two teams played in the Atlantic, at least before the divisional realignment. So it'd be interesting to see – if they end up, you know, playing against each other a bunch next year. Um, so it's just rare because usually like you would play the, if you played in the cup final, you'd maybe play them twice, once at home, once away uh, the following season. And that wasn't the case between Dallas and Tampa Bay this year. And it won't be the case probably assuming it's going to go back to the way it was uh, between these two teams and these teams, even though they haven't played each other all season, they know each other very well. Cause I mean, Montreal, you know, played Tampa Bay a lot ever since uh, they did that realignment and the Metro division was created and the Southeast division uh, was eliminated. And um, so, uh, you know, it's going to be interesting to see the chippiness of this game and the rivalry take, uh, you know, take form. It's going to be a really interesting cup finals, at least in my opinion. Carol, what are your uh, final takeaways before we uh, switch gears? I can disagree with what you said. It's definitely going to be uh, <clears throat> interesting finals and see how things work itself out, you know, with the whole realignment. I would love to see Montreal uh, beat Tampa Bay. Uh, like I said, I haven't really watched them closely, but, um, you know, Tampa is a quality team, like I say, over the salary cap, you know, kind of like the Yankees or the NHL. But uh, Watch it. <laughs> <laughs> but it's going to uh, – I'm definitely going to see how this concludes. I would hate to see Tampa go back to back because I wanted to see the Caps go back to back. And if they do it, I'm really not going to like Tampa. Yeah, exactly. Um, just so people want to watch other games in the series, uh, the series is obviously going on right now, 2-1. Uh, we're in the second intermission. Uh, I'll give scoring updates uh, whenever uh, we get them in the third period in our NBA talk. Uh, but the next game is Wednesday, June 30th. That's at 8 o'clock. It's also in Tampa Bay. 
Uh, and then on Friday, it switches over uh, to Montreal uh, at eight o'clock. On um, and then on Monday, also at eight o'clock in Montreal. So you guys uh, can cover that next week if you're going to do Fifth uh, of July podcast, which I think you're going to do, but we haven't really talked about it. Um, and then next Wednesday, um, July seventh, it'll be back at Tampa Bay for at eight. Uh, game six, if necessary, would be Friday, uh, also at eight. And then game seven, if necessary, would be on a Sunday. Uh, so next week you would preview um, sort of the last four games of that while talking about uh, game four. Uh, so that'll be uh, interesting um, to see where the series is out next week. Um, uh, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, did did we catch that? We have a curly W in the books. Right? Nice, 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 awesome. That's great. Eight to four over the Mets. I'm excited about that. Out hit them eleven to ten. Mets had three errors. They were very Mets, um, and uh, that led to some definitely some of those runs and at least uh, creating opportunities. So uh, good for them. Um, uh sounds good all right well carol give your final thoughts on this baseball game while i switch it to basketball and then we'll switch gears uh, it was a great nats win we uh talked about uh miller coming in and giving up three runs in the bottom of the i mean the top of the eighth and we're seeing if the nats could answer and uh, they brought in one of the i don't know if that's the Nets closer or setup man but he was throwing 100 miles an hour but he couldn't locate anything and uh, was able to get two men on. And Ryan Zimmerman comes in to uh, pitch hit and hits a three-run homer to get those runs back to help secure the victory for the Nats. And it was a very, very good win for the Nats. That put them at 500 at 38-38. And climbing in the division, trying to take over first place and see what we can do with all the, you know, pieces finally falling into place. What about you, Arun, if you get a chance to see this great game that the Nets just pulled off with an 8-4 victory? Yeah, I saw the Schwarber home run, but it was unfortunately not able to see the end of this game. But it's good that the Nats were able to hold on. They were giving, I guess they were giving me kind of a scare. And <laughs> you guys were talking about all the runs they were giving up. But nice win for the Nats against the Mets. Yeah, one, one thing to mention, Schroeder did get two solo shots, and one of them I don't think we mentioned on air, I know I talked to Carol before we got on air about it, was one of the deepest to one of the farthest parts of the park that I've seen. It went over the fair foul pole, which is crazy to go that far and then into the upper deck. I've, I've never seen – I've seen ones go long distances at Nats Park, but that's a tough – spot to hit too and um it went way up there um and uh so uh that was pretty impressive and then to hit another 390 foot home run as well uh he's just been incredible and uh i'm so excited that we got the we got that win there and it will give us some good momentum going into a difficult potential week for the nationals it's definitely going to be a you know top team in the al east and first and second place team in the NL West that's been playing, both playing good ball. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be a, you know, a test. Played the Phillies last week in the Marlins, not the same competition. So, like I said, I would love to see another four and two week from the Nets. Yeah. So, um, 
Uh, still saying it will be finished in Montreal in game six with Montreal ending the, the road for the 25th cup. Um, that, that would be pretty awesome. 25 cups, man. I'm so excited the Caps got one. <laughs> I can't even like wrap my head around the thought that they could get their 25th. I mean, that's just crazy. Uh, I mean, only hope. Right. How, how many do the Yankees have, Brian? 27. 27. So even more than that. Correct. Yeah. Good, good God. All right. So, so like, all right. That's crazy. I'm like super happy with my one for the Nationals and one for the Capitals. And here we have fans. If it makes you feel better, I've been waiting for 28 for 12 years now. So it's been a while. That's true. We have one more recently. So I guess that's something. Um, All right. Well, I think we've exhausted our uh, baseball talk. And again, hockey talk, I'll bring in live scoring updates, um, you know, throughout uh, this final period. Uh, Um. And um, <laughs> Zach wants to be on the podcast. Um, all right. Uh, Carol, any final thoughts before we switch gears to basketball? Uh, no, I'm going to go ahead and let you guys break down the conference finals. I mean, recap the conference finals and uh, talk about what's going on in the NBA. I'm going to sit back and listen, and uh, I'll be here to close out the show. Sounds good. All right. Let me uh, bring in um, our last member here, Tim. And oh. – yeah, Zach. <laughs> sounds important. It sounds important. Yeah. I, I think. I, I kind of imagine upstairs is kind of like. Did you ever watch that video where the mom is trying to pull the kid back from the the, the meeting, and you know, he's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I kind of imagine upstairs is like just now. Um, but uh, <laughs> could be a work Zoom. Could be worse. Yeah, it could exactly. He's not happy. He really wants to be on this podcast. He's very excited about the NBA uh, playoffs. So let's uh, let's talk about um, – uh, well, we'll talk about the game that's happening right now. Uh, right now the Clippers are up 59-52 over Phoenix, uh, which is uh, necessary for them because uh, this – it could be all done tonight if the Suns find a way. Um, what uh, – Tim, what are your th- – how are you doing and what are your thoughts on the game so far tonight? Oh, yeah, doing great. Um been a been a busy day but happy to be on the show um i've I've, uh enjoyed the first half the phoenix crowd is is really into the game uh they have a full sellout there i'm pretty sure because arizona doesn't really have strict covid rules so the crowd's really into it but the clippers had an amazing first three minutes of the game they were up by uh double digits and phoenix wasn't really hitting anything early um so, you know, the Clippers know they have to win. They came out, they came out firing. Uh, they were really terrible in the fourth quarter of the last game. So it was good for them to see some shots go down. But uh, I could tell the Suns just were able to kind of take that um, huge punch in the, in the mouth and um, come back. Because by the end of the first quarter, it was pretty close. And then at half, um, it's back up to, you know, eight or 10, I guess, but it's definitely a doable comeback, but. Well, now it's only seven. So I think that they okay. came back again. So yeah, because it had spiked up again, but then I think that they cut it. So Suns lead the series three to one overall, the Suns have just been kind of dominating uh, this series. I'll go to a rune next. Uh, what are your thoughts on how dominant this Western conference series has been so far? Yeah. Uh, game been a pretty, like um, there was an incredible inbounds play for one 
the game two game winner. Aiton caught the ball in the cylinder, but it was an inbounds play. So there's no old pending on that. So that was a pretty incredible win for the Suns when it looked like the Clippers were going to pull it out. And even the last game, 84, I think the, the Suns scored 84 or 86 points. That's the lowest amount of points for a team that's won this season. So that was pretty incredible. It was a pretty ugly basketball game. The, the Clippers were pretty bad offensively. Tim mentioned that the Suns were, but Paul George wasn't, he was not hitting anything down the stretch and they couldn't really find any offense. Their best offense was Reggie Jackson stepping back for three. But it looks like the Clippers have found something offensively in this one. Marcus Morris at 20 points, Paul George already 11, and DeMarcus Cousins actually has 10 points somehow. He stole the ball from Chris Paul and took it coast to coast, which was pretty funny. So um, wouldn't rule out the Clippers in this series because they do have Peron Lou. He was part of that um, Cleveland coaching staff that came back from a 3-1 deficit. But the Suns should still probably win this series, but it will be competitive for sure. Yeah, for sure. I I want to thank Carly and um, Champ for uh, modding over in Twitch chat. And I want to thank everyone for tuning in and, uh, and chatting with us. It's going to be a little bit of a quicker NBA segment. So I'm not going to share the Facebook one uh, to all of them. I'm not going to pull up stats. We can just have a little bit of a conversation. Um, and that way, um, I know that Carol and I both had late nights. So we're not going to try to keep people on too long. And then they can watch uh, the fourth quarter and the end of this third period live uh, depending on whether or not uh, you're a hockey or a basketball fan, or if you're a fan of both, you can watch both like I'm doing. Uh, both are uh, exciting games uh, so far. I'm going to go to Brian next. Brian, what are some of your thoughts on this Western Conference final? Oh, yeah. I, I just really, going back to that inbound play, Arun was talking about the eight and dunk. Uh, that was basketball perfection, if you ask me. Uh, the pass from Crowder, the screen by Booker to set it up, and then eight and slamming it home was just absolute basketball perfection. But it would not have been possible without Paul George missing those two free throws um, and at the end of the game. Now, Paul George did have a great game in game two outside of that, but um, he missed those two free throws. It really cost that, that. That was the only reason the Suns were able to have the chance to win the game right there was the fact that Paul George missed those two free throws. Um the that that alley oop is incredible, though. I just perfection. want to—I mean, absolute just, perfection. I don't it know was how beautiful they, they draw. The, the first of all, the block, you know, down low to try to get him open was a great move, but just yep. the timing play to get that where you know it, it, he can't touch it for too long or it's done. You know, so like it was. Yeah, everything amazing. had to go right, and it did. Yeah. And um, yeah, every everything else we said about the series. I mean, the Clippers looked pretty good in Game Three. Paul George had a nice bounce back in Game Three, um, and um, really Game Four. You guys already talked about it. Uh, very low scoring game. Pro- I think, if I'm not mistaken, the lowest scoring game of the playoffs so far. Um, I mean, it's one of the Clippers- lowest scoring Western Conference Finals games I've ever seen. Yeah, I at least in the modern NBA, it yeah, is yeah, yeah. very low scoring and. Um, the Clippers were awful. I mean, the Suns weren't much better, honestly, but the Clippers were awful in the fourth quarter of that game. Uh, but they've bounced back strong. Oh, Tampa Bay just scored. I just saw. Um, oh, hey, you're, yeah. not, you're not as far behind today. Um, oh, nice. Yeah, um, you're you're uh, pretty, pretty up. Yeah, nice. pr- pretty up there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. it went off the hand and then deflected off the stick and in. What a crazy 
crazy bounce. So it's a it's sort of a backhand shot that the Montreal guy tries to swat away, and he swats it to Palat, and Palat basically hits it, you know, a la almost like a Sidney Crosby baseball bat goal, and just what great eye-hand coordination, and he gets nice it goal. in. Nice goal, and Kucherov's uh, back. I didn't know that. Kucherov's back. Yeah. Um, um, but, yeah, just, just one – a couple other things about this uh, – the game that's actually happening tonight. Um, the Clippers got off to a great start. Uh, which they absolutely needed, but the Suns have had an answer for everything, it feels like. And the Clippers have answered pretty much every Suns run, it feels like, as well. Um, But Booker uh, hit a huge three-pointer right at the buzzer, right before halftime. Another really well-drawn-up play by Monty Williams and the Suns, I thought, on the three-pointer to beat the buzzer right before halftime. So we got a really exciting game going into the second half. I'm really excited. I'm excited to see how this one turns out. I will see if the Clippers can force a game six, but I really think the Suns are the better team. And I think they deserve to be in the NBA finals. I think the NBA finals would be better if the Phoenix Suns were in it. Yeah. I'm kind of excited about them potentially being in it too. Although I just, I feel for the Clippers, they finally like make it this far and you know, they just run into a a buzzsaw team in the Suns. Um, uh, I do kind of hope the series goes a little bit longer. I don't, I don't know if I want the Suns to win it all tonight, you know? I just think it yeah. would be more, more exciting because uh, I think – well, I wouldn't be surprised if the Eastern uh, goes a little bit further. Well, it just depends on injuries. So let's break down the Eastern Conference finals. Uh, it's been pretty exciting so far. I'm going to let Brian take the first crack at it. We'll go in reverse order. Um, and uh, so, uh, Brian, what are, what are your thoughts on the Eastern Conference finals so far? Yeah, Eastern Conference finals has been good. Uh, Atlanta won the first game. Uh it was a really exciting game. Atlanta won. Trey Young had 48 points. Uh, Milwaukee missed a shot. Uh, Trey Young's a beast. I learned that the hard way this playoffs. Trey Young is a beast. And um, do you think he he's was, the next Kobe Bryant? I know that was seeing oh, comparisons. I, I can't say that. That's way yeah. too. I can't go that far just yet. But, but I was um, seeing comparisons in his, at least not necessarily like his ability. Uh, the playmaking ability and the ability he reminds to me score. like a lot of a Steph Curry or a Reggie Miller type. Honestly, I see a lot of that yeah. in Trey Young's game. I think they're um, talking about like the the intensity, like you know how he like, does. He he, Trey Young. <laughs> well, what did you say, Ruth? A lot more passing by Trey Young. That's <laughs> yeah. that's for sure true too. He passes <laughs> the ball a lot more than Kobe. I yeah. it's I think it's I don't know. It's, I think it's an unfair comparison to make because Kobe is Kobe and Trey Young's only in his third year in the league, um, but. I mean, he's just been incredible this postseason. He's putting the Hawks on his back sometimes in these games. I mean, game nine, game one, he was just outstanding. Uh, game two, Milwaukee won easily. It was a blowout. Honestly, didn't even watch much of the second half because Milwaukee had a huge lead going into halftime. Uh, and then it wasn't even close. And then game three was really good. Atlanta um, got off to a good start, but Milwaukee came back strong. And in the fourth quarter, Chris Middleton was amazing for the Bucs. Arun probably has the exact number, but if I'm not mistaken, I think he had like 22 or 23 points in the fourth quarter. Um, He was outstanding. Uh, He scored, I believe, 38 points overall for the whole game Uh, and just outstanding fourth quarter performance from Middleton. Yeah, um, he's been great in the postseason for the Bucs. You know, everybody talks about Giannis, and Giannis is, of course, a great player, but Middleton has really developed into a great player in his own right. He's going to be on Team USA this summer for the Olympics. Uh, I'm excited to see how he does there as well. 
Mid- Chris Middleton is a damn good player. And um, so I, I got one more comparison that I was reading on NBA forums that I want to throw at you. They say Chris Middleton's Batman and uh, yes. Gian- Giannis is Robin. Yes, I heard Kendrick Perkins said that today on ESPN. And um, I don't agree with that personally because Giannis <laughs> is so good. Giannis is already a two-time MVP. <laughs> and Middleton's a great player. Don't get me wrong. But to say he's Batman and Giannis <laughs> is Robin makes no sense to me. Giannis Giannis scored 30-plus points in his own right in Game 3 as well. So right. um, I think that's unfair to say. Um, I do think Milwaukee's going to win this series. I think they're the better team. Um, I think Atlanta's Cinderella run will come to a bit of an end here. Um, I think the Bucks will win in five or six games. I, I just think they have too much. I mean, the, the Giannis, Holiday, and uh, Middleton are just three really good players. And while the, the Hawks do have a lot of depth, I just don't think it's going to be enough to, to beat that. Um, so I'm, I'm going with Milwaukee. But this has been, you know, an interesting series so far. I don't – and just, yeah, Chris Middleton's not bad. He's not bad, man. Trey Young's not the next Kobe. We can all chill without these, these crazy these crazy comparisons and everything. Yeah, I just like reading NBA forums on Facebook and, and getting your guys' take on it. But um, right, I'm going to go to Rune next on the Eastern Conference Final. What are, what are your, some of your takeaways? Yeah, Chris Middleton is definitely not uh, Batman because he, also, he only had 30 points combined in the first two games of the series. And so I think Giannis is getting it done every game. Um, that – Last game took a bit of a hit for me because when Trey Young got injured, he stepped on the referee's ankle. I thought the game, and he didn't look like he was 100% out there. Even they took like a 98 to 96 lead, and then they were outscored 17 to 4, and that pretty much was like the game. And I think this series is pretty much over if Trey Young isn't close to 100%. I think the series is ending in five because Bogdanovich was injured. I actually don't think the Hawks are very deep at all right now. I think it's just Herger, Young, Capella, and then, like, if Young is out, then their bench is pretty bad other than Gallinari. is okay, but Lou Williams is kind of a choke artist. So I think the Bucks are going to win in five if Young is injured. And- yeah, so I heard that it was going to be reevaluated today. Have we heard anything yet about how that turned out? Questionable. Questionable. For yeah. next game. Yeah. yeah, and he I didn't look like he he was looked like even when he was playing. Then like Drew Holiday was like pressing up on him, and it looked like and before Holiday was all nervous and leaving him open for the shimmy three pointers. That was probably the play of the post. Well, I mean, series. his blow by speed is so dangerous that you can't get up on him, or he'll just you know he'll just blow right by you. So I understand how that totally changes the way that you're going to be able to guard him, and. um That'd be so disappointing in my mind if, uh, you know, we had this, you know, he had this such a great season and if they lose because of an injury and it's such a fluke injury, he stepped on an official's foot, right? Yeah. Yeah. An official's foot. It wasn't even the official's fault, but it was just bad timing by Trey Young to step into his foot. The second straight series that the opposing point guard got injured, like Kyrie had an ankle injury on Giannis's foot, which is also pretty fluky. So it, this just might be the Bucks' year. They've stayed healthy. They've suffered, I guess, Dante Vincenzo's injured, but he's no, he's not like an all-star player like Kyrie or Trey Young. So For uh, me, this is the Bucks' year because this is going to be one of the easier paths they're going to get, you know? Um, and I just, 
they got to put it all together in my mind this year. I mean, I'm not saying the Suns wouldn't be a tough out, but uh, in comparison to some previous years and, you know, some teams in the East, and I, I feel like some favors were handed to them and, you know, 76ers not really showing up and the Nets not, you know, taking care of business. I mean, they really got to take advantage of this situation. Yeah. Nets, especially with Kyrie out and Arden looking like, I don't know, <laughs> he's pretty slow out there and he's taking all these people are criticizing Giannis for taking all those threes on Arden. Didn't feel confident. Harris. Yeah. He didn't take care of business. He, remind me of like the UVA he's from UVA and not part of that 16-1 loss but in the UVA DNA to blow big games in the playoffs <laughs> uh, right Tim uh, what are your thoughts on the Eastern Conference final well I know we um, compared Trey Young to uh, Kobe already <laughs> but I think we should compare him a little bit to um, Allen Iverson because I think mm. his shimmy moment was cool and um you know he won game one single-handedly but it is likely to be four straight losses and it's kind of you know he punked the defender it's going to be an iconic highlight for years but um you know he accomplished winning one game in the conference finals that's great for Atlanta they haven't done that in forever They've never but done I, it. I don't think they're going to win another game and um you know like Arun said Bogdanovich has been hurt and he hasn't really been hitting threes the entire playoffs, but um, they've still been winning without him. You know, in the regular season, he was a lot better shooter. So, uh, you know, all the injuries are taking their toll. Um, Kevin Herter had a great game seven, but he can't really take up that scoring slack and nobody else really can. So um, I think like the Hawks really should have won game three. They were up in the fourth quarter, but, Middleton just, you know, was a hero and couldn't miss. But I think that might be the turning point in the whole Bucks season. And I do agree. They should win it all this year. But I, I think Phoenix could definitely beat them uh, personally. Or maybe it'll go to seven games. I think that'll it, it'll be a tough series. Yeah. So, um, it'll be interesting for sure. All right, we've got 11-27 left in the third period in this game one of the Stanley Cup finals. Tampa Bay is still up 3-1. to one. I'm sorry, Sil. It's not looking good. But if Montreal can score one here in the next five minutes, that'll make it much more interesting. Um, and in this uh, Clippers-Suns matchup, it's, it's a very uh, close uh, game. Uh, but um, sorry, they just went to commercial break. But uh, I think it was still – was it a 7 61-60. 61-60, okay. Yep. So it's a one-point game, yeah. So um, so that'll be really exciting. Uh, let me um, just preview when the upcoming games are for the NBA uh, playoffs. Do do any of you guys have any final thoughts before I do that? I'm good. Mm. Yeah, me too. Maybe the Wizards can trade for Lillard, but probably not. <laughs> Maybe the Knicks can trade for Lillard. <laughs> We'll have a battle. We'll have a rock, paper, scissors for who gets it. <laughs> um, all right. So we got Tuesday, uh, Bucks play Hawks in that game four. Uh, Bucks are up 2 1 in that series. Uh, Milwaukee's favored by six and a half right now. It's an 8 30 start time on TNT. And uh, then on Wednesday, uh, nine o'clock, uh, the Suns and Clippers might play again, depending on how this game goes. Out. Um, and then Thursday, Hawks Bucks game five is at eight thirty. If the Clippers Suns go to a game seven, it'll be Friday at nine. 
Uh, and then a Bucks Hawks game six would be on Saturday at eight thirty. And if there is a game seven, it would be Monday um, on uh, you know at eight thirty Hawks Bucks. So maybe something to talk about live uh, if Carol ends up doing a show next week. I know that we might um, uh, we might take off for the fourth, or we might not, just depending on how things go. Uh, I'll let him give updates on that on his page and on the sports page. Um, always facebook.com slash sports OTHP always has uh, all your latest news and information about the podcast and all that. And then it won't be live on this channel for a couple of weeks uh, just cause I'm going to take two weeks off. I'm going uh, to South Carolina for the 4th of July weekend to see family. And I'm also um, going uh, the following week uh, to uh, the American uh, Virgin Islands and uh, Zach is uh, having a babysitter here. So we'll have a bit of a baby moon there. But uh, so I'm excited for the next two weeks, uh, but I'm happy that I got a chance to uh, break down how this NBA action is going. I know that some of you guys will join Carol in the upcoming weeks and uh, and preview uh, probably the um, the NBA uh, finals next week and then how they're going the week after that. Uh, so that's been fun. Uh, I'll let you guys give your final uh, takeaways um, of anything that to do with basketball or anything in general. Um, Neville will start for attention down here. Um, all right. So uh, Arun, I'll let you go first. Uh, any final thoughts that you have? Yeah, no RG3 news to report. Um, the soccer day was crazy with two teams losing three to one and both going extra time and France actually losing. So it was a pretty memorable soccer day, but other than that, not much to report. And thanks for having me on. Yeah, we'll actually talk soccer in a second with Brian um, uh, in his outro because I know that he watched uh, some soccer uh, this weekend that included DC United. Uh, but uh, Arun, thank you so much uh, for coming on. As always, I always enjoy your take. And uh, thank you for talking three different sports with us tonight. And uh, we'll definitely talk to you soon. Sure. All right, Tim, I'm going to let you go next. Uh, any uh, final uh, takeaways or thoughts that you might have? No, I'm just really excited to see what happens with the Wizards coaching higher. And um, I think it's going to shake out in the next week or two just because. It's got to, right? Because everyone else is already getting their guys. Yeah, and some of the best, the best are still have been taken. And there's a couple left. It'll be interesting to see. Um, if you were to make a guess right now, who, who are some of your odds on favorites? Uh, Sam Cassell and Wes Unsell Jr. That's what I've been hearing. Yeah, I've heard some of that too. Brian, do you think that's about right? Or do yeah, you that's the, those are the names I've been hearing. I mean, I we kind of talked a little bit. I, I can't remember if it was Tim or Arun, but somebody said Rick Carlisle wouldn't be a good idea. Well, now he's off the board. He took the Indiana job. So I think it's going to be Cassell or Unsell Jr. They seem like the, the two logical choices. So, Brian, real quickly, why do you think after all these years he left the Dallas job to go to Indiana? There just seems to be a lot of dysfunction in the Dallas um, Mavericks. I almost said Cowboys. <laughs> Dallas Mavericks organization. Um, yeah, pick your da- dysfunctional <laughs> Dallas organization. Um, there, You know, ever since the Porzingis trade, there's really been – uh, he has not been a good fit at all. And there's some drama with Luca as well. Um, you know, he's probably still going to sign the max, but you got to keep him happy. And so Rick Carlisle left, Don Nelson left. It sounds like they're going to trade Porzingis as well. Um, 
there's a lot of questions about the Dallas Mavericks, and I, I, I understand why Rick Carlisle wouldn't want to be a part of it. I think he's going to be a really good fit in Indiana. Indiana is a really talented roster with guys like Sabonis and Karis Levert, who are really good players. But um, and it's just been a rotating, it's been a rotating cast of characters at head coach for them the last couple of years. Ever since they fired Nate McMillan, who was a good coach, who's now gotten the Atlanta Hawks to the Eastern Conference Finals. So I'm excited to see how uh, Carlisle will do in Indiana. I think he'll do a good job. The Mavericks are a mess right now. Yeah, interesting. So the live score in this game, 726 left in the third quarter. Uh, the Clippers now have a two-point lead, 64-62, uh, and a big foul there. So it looks like uh, they're going to go to the line. Uh, the Suns that are the Clippers, that is, uh, they're going to shoot two. And uh, Tampa Bay still up 3-1. Uh, actually, nope, make that 4-1. Uh, I believe that was Nikita Kucherov uh, with the goal. Uh, we got uh, four goals on 21 shots. Montreal has only put up 15 shots to this point uh, with only with less than 10 minutes left to go in the game. So it's not enough. And uh, so, uh, yeah, it's a set play off the faceoff. Uh, it's, a, uh, it's a pretty clean win for them. And it pushes it back. Uh, Kucherov takes the middle, shoots it. I can't tell if it's deflected and it goes up high or it doesn't. Let's see here. Uh, don't think it was deflected, but maybe it was. Uh, we'll see in the, the angle. Oh, it's, it's hard to tell if it changes angles there. But Tampa Bay takes a, a 4-1 lead there with a 28 left in the third. Um, and uh, so, but thank you, uh, Tim, uh, for joining us as always. And uh, any final thoughts before we let you go? No, it's just you had the Inspector Gadget, like, evil guy look where reminded me of the cartoon, but that's my I, I was a huge Inspector Gadget fan, so no, I'll take I that as a, uh, as a compliment, being uh, the, the, uh, the, mad, the, the mad doctor. Um, yeah, no, I'm having flashbacks, but <laughs> yeah, no, I hope we um, can cover a Wizards hire soon, and we're happy about it, and yeah, I'm excited for... Uh, Brian will break it down, but England-Germany tomorrow. I'm not a huge so soccer guy, but that's a classic matchup, you know, World yeah. War II. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Well, thank you, Tim, as always, Thanks and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. All right, Brian, um, uh, real quickly, let's start with DC United first, and then we can get into some international soccer real fast, and then, sure. uh, and then Carol can uh, come back as well. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, some of this international play and this upcoming game? All right, well, let, let's do that out of the way first, and then we'll do the... the... Yeah, so uh, Euros was today. Unfortunately, I missed all of it because I was at work, but um, the par Arun just explained very well what happened. Um, Spain had a 3-1 lead in their game. They blew it. It went to extra time. They ended up winning 5-3 in extra time. And then the defending champions of the tournament and the defending World Cup champion, France, were knocked out of Euros uh, in a penalty shootout. I don't even know who it was against, honestly, because I've been at work all day. I'm very sorry. I wish I knew off the top of my head. I think it was – wasn't it Switzerland? It was Switzerland. You are right. It was Switzerland. I apologize. Yes, Switzerland. <laughs> um the Euro tournament has been great so far. I watched Belgium-Portugal yesterday. That was a good game. Belgium knocked out Portugal, who were the defending European champions. Uh, it's been a really good tournament. Like Tim mentioned, uh, tomorrow is England versus Germany. They obviously have, as Tim said, World War II history, and not to mention a lot of history on the, on the soccer field as well. Um, 
two countries that genuinely do not like each other. So I am very much looking forward to that matchup. And now I think the tournament is totally up for grabs now that France is out. I thought France was the best team by far. So I am shocked to see them go out to Switzerland. I can't wait till this clip until this hockey game's over so I can watch the highlights of it, honestly, because it sounds like a hell of a game. I really can't believe I missed all this incredible action today. Um, yeah. But what, what a, it's been a great tournament so far. Euro 2020 has been great. All right, let's break down uh, the game that DC won. DC United should have won. Then we were going to escape with a lucky tie, and then they lost the game. Uh, yeah. how, did that, how did that break down? It was a good game. I watched most of it. Um, DC United actually scored first in the first half and looked pretty good. Um, but then NYCFC very late scored two goals, one goal in the 85th minute, and then one goal in the swear the very last kick of the game in the 95th minute to win the game two to one for NYC FC. Um, it's a, it's a tough loss because obviously there's a rivalry with NYC FC um, and I'm an NYC FC fan as well. So I, I want them, I'm glad they won, but um, this was a really good game, uh, especially for the MLS and um, DC United now with this loss, sits outside the playoff picture, but there's still a lot of time left to go this season uh, I, I can't remember who their next game is against off the top of my head. I know it's uh, on Saturday at Audi Field, um, but I can't remember who it's against. I'm sorry. I, it's a, I can't remember off the top of my head who it's against, but the game yesterday was a lot of fun. And um, a real, go check out this winner by NYC FC. It was a great game winning goal. Yeah, Toronto FC. Toronto at, FC. There we go. F- at 530 is the, yep. is the next game. Um, and, on Saturday. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that'll that'll be. A I knew it was team. on Saturday, and that it was at Audi Field. I just could not remember the opponent. Yes, and I want to give a quick little shout out uh, to uh, Champ, uh, who a true No Spots podcast. So check them out on uh, Twitch as well. They're part of the True Radio Network. Also, if you go to sportsothb.com and click the podcast partners button you can get uh his podcast and um he's this week they're going to cover wrestling plus what seven wrestlers would you use to build a new stable in a new promotion so interesting uh uh, conversation topic there so i know that he's been growing over on twitch and so definitely check him out i just gave him a shout out on on uh here but true no spots pod is uh where they you find them on twitch uh, and then Carly Sings is also a moderator for me. She's a super awesome singer. She's doing uh, a great thing uh, in giving, uh, donating the proceeds from tomorrow's Tuesday stream live at one o'clock uh, Eastern Daylight Time to Outright Action International. And all the songs are going to uh, be um, uh, all love songs for the last stream of Pride Month for that so shout out to my two moderators over there thank you everyone for rolling through a lot of people came through twitch today talking a lot of different sports a lot of different topics uh so i appreciate everybody for uh, joining me over there brian let people know uh, what's happening on uh, your podcast i know you're doing an ask brian i think tomorrow yes tomorrow so if anybody's got any questions for me it can be about anything sports movies music life anything you have if you any questions for me uh, send them to me by tomorrow at around 10 a.m. So I'm, that's when I'm recording. Uh, I'm looking forward to answering everybody's questions. I've already got a good number of them. Uh, other than that, uh, going back to one episode a week now because I am back to work and uh, I have an awesome new job. Thank you. I have an awesome new job. Come visit me at the International Spy Museum uh, in the Spy Store. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
but yeah, I'm going back to one episode a week because of that. I dropped a good episode on Friday. Uh, and I'm going to do a bonus episode because I have tomorrow off. I figured I might as well do a bonus episode. So it's going to be an Ask Brian. Uh, and I'm going to be doing that around 10 a.m. tomorrow. So if you have any questions, uh, shoot me a message or is, tell Robbie, is, get in contact is, with him, and uh, I'll do it. All right. Sounds good. I think people should either do it on Facebook, but I'm also going to link your uh, Twitter, bbry1991, uh, in, yes. uh, in chat over on Twitch as well. So bbry, um, B-B-R-I-1991. Yes. Um, and uh, send him a message over there and uh, you can get it on his podcast and be a part of that. I, it's one of my favorite segments and I'm super happy you're doing it. And yeah, I'm, a lot of, people- I'm excited for it. I hope people go to sportsothp.com, click the podcast partners button. They can get Brian's uh, podcast uh, there. Um, upon further review, you can also get Champs podcast. Um, and uh, we appreciate you, Brian, for uh, filling in for me last week. And uh, I look forward to you maybe broadcasting from the man cave uh, in future episodes when I'm not able to. Yeah, sounds good. I'm, I'm totally down to do it next week, Carol. If you if you want, I'm happy to do it again. Uh, and yeah. yeah, guys, thanks for having me on. Uh, have a great night. All right, Brian. Take it easy. Appreciate it. Take it easy, guys. Later. Yeah, sounds good. I didn't know if uh, Carol, you wanted to take the week off for fourth. I'll leave that up to you uh, to make that decision, Um, and you don't have to make it right now. I'm not going to put you on the spot, but uh, I'm sure we'll do an announcement on the page either way. Um, And uh, we we got a whole great team now. Now with uh, all the Zoom, and you know, it's been really wonderful. Uh, You know, season five and season six through Zoom has really given us a lot of opportunities have a lot of interchanging uh, people and I, I love the team. I thank my Wizards Roundtable for uh, joining me every week talking NBA and uh, I appreciate uh, you know Brian and Arun for breaking it down last week even in my absence. Uh, uh, it's uh, It's been a really fun season and uh, so Montreal's still in the power play here but it doesn't look like they're going to come back unfortunately. Price has had a bit of a rough night of it and uh, the Clippers are up 76-67 um and i know that we've talked about maybe talking mystics tonight but i think we could save that for next week if you want uh, unless you really wanted to go over it now no man i'm ready to get off the air right? yeah i yeah i am too i'm with you we, we need more sleep definitely break it down next week man but uh appreciate it as always thanks guys for tuning in uh, we do this for you you know we love covering dc sports bring it to you like nowhere else None of that clip baiting that anonymous source BS. You know, we bring you real sports talk like it used to be. Uh, stay tuned. I'm working on the race. Oh, oh, get the merch. Burgundy and Gold <laughs> merch is back job. on. It's back the, on there. W Sports OTHP to get the old school sports OTHP apparel. You can hit me up to get the new school sports OTHP apparel. We partnered up with Eric Kusa, uh proud, uh, you know, partner with us. I'm working on getting some more apparel coming out soon still has some shirts available working on some sweatsuits some jeans shoes we've got some things in the works so just stay tuned you know we're gonna be gonna make this thing do what it do uh make sure you uh check out the youtube channel carol porter the third with three eyes go follow and subscribe getting uh, more subscribers more views i'm putting out some of the old clips from some of the washington football team stuff that i put out because we're getting ready for our off-season show. I'm coordinating with Dujanae to try to get another uh, great off-season recap of free agents and rookies before training camp starts at the end of July. <coughs> Excuse me. 
if you're in the market for a new use of pre-owned certified vehicle, come hit me up and come visit me down at Waldorf Honda. Uh, I'll be off tomorrow, but I'll be back in there Wednesday, 9 a.m., working until 8 p.m. Uh, come on down if you need a new car. You know, you got bad credit, no credit, some credit. Come holler at me. We got plenty of lenders. Okay, take care of you. You know, that's what I do now. And also, make sure you tune in to Sunday nights at the bar radio, 6 p.m. Normally, we started a little late yesterday. But uh, we always bring you the best entertainment news, independent music, current events, politics, and a whole bunch of other craziness. So come check us out next Saturday, next Sunday. Uh, I'm not sure who the in-studio guest is, but I'm sure we probably have something interesting going on. And on that note, I'm always in with some independent music. I'm going to switch it up some more soon. going to end it out with Renegade and a couple of favorites from At The Bar Radio. So you got any independent music or folks that's, you know, interested in doing music, don't hesitate to inbox me. Send me a message, hashtag CP3, Google me, it'll come up. And, you know, send it to us. We see what we can do. We interview artists all the time. But as always, another great show, DC Sports by the Politics. It's not just a catchphrase. It's not just a motto. It's what we do. See you next week.